honored to introduce our speaker tonight. Brad Olin is a great mentor of mine, a great friend. He, for 14, 14 or 15 years, was at Northridge Community Church. He's a student and family pastor there, but not only did he lead his campus, he was kind of the director of the whole network, and so a uh, major asset to this church, to the kingdom, great character. I love this man. Can I pray for you before you start? If you said no, then I'll <laughs> just tell you to go sit down. No. I know, right? Let's pray. What are you uh, supposed to say to that? No. Father, I thank you for uh, tonight. Just so special. I pray that you'll speak to our hearts right now through Brad. Pray that you will uh, just give boldness to his heart right now. Give him a confidence that you are at work. And uh, we love you very much. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you. Yeah, I've, I've known Dallas for uh, 12 years now. And um, it, it refreshes me. Like, uh, so I was at a church for 14 and a half years and uh, transitioned out of that. And it was, it was a hard transition for me uh, about a year ago. And uh, um, one of the most refreshing things is seeing a really good friend thrive in ministry and, and lead a congregation like this. Like, um, and so, uh, so thank you guys for, for that in my life, like seeing that and, and, and being willing to love him um, because I, I know some of the struggles that, that he was having in that, that dark period where he was uh, against the local, or not against, that's not the right word, but uh, struggling with the local church and stuff like that. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I love you and appreciate you very much, Dallas. Like, he, he's killing it, and you all know that. So, um, anyway. Hey, we're in the middle of our series, Suit Up, and uh, it's a concept that I really love and I love for us to think about because it's a, it's a topic that, that I feel like we should think about more often. Like we literally, every day we wake up and, and whether we think about it or not, we are in a battle. Um, we are fighting against, as, as we will read in Ephesians chapter 6, we are fighting against things that we can't even see. And so this idea of suiting up, putting on the armor of God is, is, is a topic that, that I think and I wish we paid more attention to. It's a, it's a topic that, man, if we could think about on a daily, regular basis, I, I feel like it would help our hearts, it would help our minds, it would help our righteousness, just like it talks about in Ephesians 6. So we're going to start there by reading Ephesians 6, 10 through 17, and it says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For your, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in, he, in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that it, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate in place, and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith, which is to extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So, so in this series, we've, we've been talking about each individual piece of the armor of God and, and what it does 
it represents in our lives and how we should put it on on a, on a regular basis. And tonight, we're going to be focusing on the helmet of salvation, which it protects our mind, our head, right? It's like the, our head and our mind is like the command center of, of who we are. It it's, it's controls our, our feelings, our emotions, our thought processes, control who we are. And so it's one of the most important things for us to put on. And, and we all know what we think about affects every area of our lives. For example, men, um, let's just say that, that your favorite football team, college football team, is the Oregon Ducks. And so they're, um, they're, they're in a battle against another team, and it's a team that, that they should beat. Uh, but, but unfortunately, it, it comes down to the fourth quarter, and, and, a, and they, the other team scores a game-winning drive, and, and you lose. What, what are you feeling? What are you going through? Your, your, your thought processes, you're your, your beginning to get angry because you expected something. You expected your team to win and it didn't happen. And so, so your thought probably you start getting angry that, that you, your expectations weren't met. And then you start getting short with your family. And, and I've been there. It, was, it happened to me last week. So, um, you know, we, we get there, right? Like our, our thought processes affect everything about us. And, or, or ladies, you were at an amazing weekend and, and you're, you're enjoying everything about the weekend and, and you're, you're enjoying time with the ladies and learning about Christ and then you come home. And you come home to a house that's a little messier than you left it and it's a little chaotic and what happens? Your thought process you're, you're, you begin to get a little angry because you expected, you're, you're thinking one thing should happen and something else happens and it begins to affect everything, the way you respond to the people you love the most. And, and the thing that we don't quite understand sometimes or we don't think about enough is that, that the battle for our minds, the battle for our thoughts begin, start often start before we see the effects. The battle for our mind often starts before we see the effects or feel the emotions. Here's, here's a perfect exam, example of that. In, in Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 3, we, we see the fall of mankind. And, and it says this, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say to you that you must not eat from any tree of the garden? It's kind of like, like, like the serpent's kind of like throwing one of those uh, probing questions like kids do when, when you say, hey, you can have one cookie, and, and they come back and they're like, hey, did you say I could have two? Did, did you? Oh, no, no, I said one. Oh, oh, okay. It's, it's almost like he's, like he's probing. He's trying to get her, her where she's at. Is she, is she going to kind of like give me a little bit more, just like a kid would with a parent? Like, are you going to relax a little bit on that? Or what, where's your heart at? Can I, can I get that? Can I push the, the boundary? And it goes on to say this, And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden. So he, she corrects him in one aspect. But God did say, you must not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden. 
this is where the, she lost the battle. And you must not touch it or you will die. See, she began, she lost the battle for her mind somewhere between God telling her, hey, just don't eat of that, and this moment. She had been thinking about this thought for, for quite some time to have this kind of answer. See, God never said you must not touch it. And that one little half-truth, that one little doubt of what God is saying in our lives began, opened the door for her to have, begin more critical thinking that wasn't going the right way. It, was begin, it, it opened the door for her to step through in f- falsely. You see, in, in our lives, in those, those examples of the football and, and women going on a retreat and coming home to, to what you don't expect, see, in, in our lives, we lose the battle the moment we start thinking one thing is going to happen and expecting one thing to happen when it's not a, a real expectation. I should never have the expectation that my team is going to win every game. I should never have the expectation that, that a football team is going to bring me hope and joy. Because that's not the truth. It can bring fun, it can bring entertainment, but it's not the thing that should bring us our hope and our joy. A clean house should not bring us hope and joy. Yeah, it, 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 we should clean because it's chaos and that kind of stuff. But that's, that's not where we get our hope and our joy. And see, that's why it's so important that we begin to this, this l- literal putting on of the helmet of salvation. We need to begin to protect our thoughts and our minds in ways that God desires for us. But, but how do we do that? Like, how do we protect those thoughts? How do we begin, if, if the battle is, is won, before we even realize that, that we're losing the battle, how do we do that? See, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. And make it, put, put it under the obedience to Jesus Christ. So again, like, what, what does that mean? Like, what does that look like for us to literally take our thoughts and, and, and put them in a box? What, what how do you do that? How do you make it obedient to Christ? And, and so tonight, I, I kind of want to look at a, a verse that I feel like if you can step into this and, and make this a habit in your life, your, your thinking and your thought processes and your mind is going to, it's going to help you clear it up and, and begin to think more like Jesus Christ. In, in Philippians chapter 6, I mean chapter 4, verse 6 through 8, it says this, and, and, and uh, Dallas made reference to this verse when he was uh, talking about the, the um, shoes, uh, the gospel's shoes, because um, it, it, it kind of breaks down more than just the helmet of salvation, but it also breaks down the breastplate of righteousness and the gospel shoes and the belt of truth in, in these verses, but then ends with how I think you should put on the helmet of salvation every time 
every moment, moment by moment. In verse 6, it says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And see, that's, that's again, those three statements where we're talking about the, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, and the, the, the shoes. Like, we need to, to guard our hearts and our minds uh, and, and have that peace that the shoes give us, um, and so on and so forth. But here's, here's where I feel like we can actually begin to put the helmet of salvation on. And it says this, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true... Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there is anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. To me, this gives us a perfect illustration, a perfect example of how to handle every thought, how to take every thought captive. You're sitting down to watch the game and, and you're starting to get frustrated because your team isn't doing as well as you expected. How do you handle that? Well, is it true that this team gives you hope? No. So I take that first verse that says whatever is true. Is it true that this team can give me hope, that it can bring me the joy that I'm looking for in life? No, it's not true. So I need to take that thought and make it true. What is true? This is just a game. It's just a bunch of grown men out on a field playing a game. And it's meaningless. It's just fun. It's just fun. It doesn't bring us hope. Right? Uh, like, like, ladies, then that example of, of coming home to, to a house that's in chaos. And, and what is true? Is it, is it more important that your house be cleaned or that your husband and kids feel loved? Like, what is the truth in that situation? Or what is the noble thing? Like, uh, if, if you've got a thought that, like, may, maybe you're, you struggle with theft or maybe you're thinking, I need something that I, that I want really bad and that person has it and, then, and they're not looking so I can, I can just go, by. no, stop. Is it the noble thing to do? No. That's not what Jesus would want for me. It's, it's not noble. Is it, is, is whatever is right, is it the right thing? Is it, is it pure? Like, guys, like, is it pure to, to take that second look or Ladies, is it pure to, to desire something that you really want, that, that you feel might make you look prettier? Like, is it pure? Are, are, is it lovely? Is it admirable? What is, is it excellent or praiseworthy? See, to me, if you can begin to take every thought and, and, and walk through Philippians 4, verse 8, and Check the list. Is it true? Is it noble? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy? And if you can learn to get into the practice or the habit of that, your thought processes, your thinking is going to be more like Jesus. You're going to have more hope. 
You're going to see God work in amazing ways. You're not going to get angry at, at silly men playing a, a football game. I'm just, I'm, I'm overemphasizing, obviously. I love watching football. I love watching hockey. But, but again, we've got to have the right perspective, right? We've got to be where Christ wants us to be in our thinking. Because our mind is the command center of our hearts. It's the command center of our lives. The where our mind is headed, where our mind, our thought processes are thinking, what they're thinking about is where we will head in life. And if we head in a direction that Philippians 4.8 leads us, it will lead us to, to things that God desires for us. It will lead us to, to the things that we truly hope for and truly desire. But there's a... That seems like an almost impossible thing, though, at times. To, to literally think through... To literally stop every moment, to think through every thought. It does. I mean, I, I'm being honest. It seems like an impossible task. Like, I, I get overwhelmed thinking about that, and then I'm the one speaking it to you. I'm the one asking you to begin to try to do this. And I'm like, man, that's such an overwhelming thought that I have to think through Philippians 4, 8. Every time I, I think through something, an issue, a situation. But there's hope. See, in Isaiah 59, where, where Paul kind of... Paul is referencing this, this chapter in, in Ephesians chapter 6. And in uh, Isaiah 59 it says this. It says, For our transgressions have multiplied before you. And our sins testify against us. Our offenses are ever with, you, with us. And we acknowledge our iniquities. Rebellion and treachery against the Lord, turning our backs on God, inciting revolt and oppression. Uttering lies our hearts have conceived, so just, justice is driven back and righteousness stands at a distance. Truth has stumbled in the, tr in the streets. Honesty cannot enter. Truth is nowhere to be found and, no, and whoever shuns evil becomes prey. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm achieved salvation for him. And his own righteousness sustained him. He put on the righteousness as a breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. See, this is where the hope comes in, and, and this is ultimately the good news of Christ, right? As overwhelming as it seems for us to begin to put our thought processes through the, this film of Philippians 4 verse 8 and, and begin to try to think more like Christ, here's, here's the hope for it, here's the joy, here's the the victory for us. Christ already did it. And so those moments, and, and we all know this, but do we live it? Those moments that we don't capture 
our thoughts. And we, we go down those evil paths. God did it for us. He, he grabbed the breastplate of righteousness and he puts it on himself. And then he offers us, hey, I, I'm calling you to be with me. And so I'm here to help. Those moments that, that you're struggling with something, that, that you're, you're thinking is, is ah, your thinking is off and you're lusting after something that the world is offering but you, you, and you really want it, I'm here for you. All you have to do is say, God, help. God, I, I need you. God, help me think like you think. God, protect, protect my mind. You become my helmet for me. In your journey of this, because it is a journey, every, it's, it's a walk with Christ for a reason. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, there's going to be highs and lows. Uh, I, I do want to leave you with just a little mental picture of, of Philippians 4.8. Um, there's, there's eight. There's, there's eight. <laughs> there's, there's eight, um, eight words that it uses for us to kind of correct our thinking. Whatever's true, pure, honest, good report, uh, lovely, praiseworthy, excellent, and honorable. And just like a stop sign has eight sides, uh, if you can begin to picture when your thinking is, uh, lay, like if you're beginning to think, God, I'm, I, I feel ugly, I'm, I'm not who I should, no, just, just stop. Is it true that you're ugly? No. What's true? Well, it's true that God, in his eyes, you're the apple of his eye. Is it, if you start desiring something that the world has to offer, money, things, whatever, no, no, stop. Is it true that those things will bring you hope? No. Is it true that those things will offer you anything other than a moment of happiness? No. Look, every time a, a negative thought begins to pop in your mind, picture a stop sign and stop. Stop and think on Philippians 4.8. Whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, lovely, good report, praiseworthy or excellent. Think on these things. Let's pray. God, um, First and foremost, I, I, uh, as, as a former leader in a church, I, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you that they are so loving and caring and, and bring joy in the lives of those who are serving and, and trying to lead the congregation. It, it's, it's, an, a, it's a joy to my heart to see. I, I do thank you for Dallas and what he means in my life, this, the companion that he is and the leader that he is. God, I, I do thank you for that. But tonight we're, we're talking about our thoughts and our, the processes that we 
We so desperately need your help to correct. God, help us to begin by stopping and begin to obey what you have for us. The thoughts, the good and true thoughts, the honorable thoughts, the the praiseworthy, the excellent, the things that, that you desire us to think about. Things like serving and loving other people. Things like leading and discipling people in your truth. Help us to think on those things. Help us to think about how awesome it is that you've allowed us to be sons and daughters of the King. God, help those be our thoughts. Not not the selfish things that we are tempted with. God, as we conquer these evil thoughts, as we conquer the the, the sin that so easily entangles us, we, we give you praise because we know that just like in Isaiah 59, you, you've given us everything that we need. You've already placed the, righteous, the breastplate of righteousness on your chest and you've shown us the way to, to do that. And so God, help us to, to follow you. We love you and we praise you in your name. I remember who I was. I was lost.